Hello, and welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is Gris Alves, your host, and today's guest is Lisa Lunsford. She's a writer, holistic life coach, mother and wife, and she's an amazing, amazing human being who I've met, well, first I kind of heard from Lisa online because I followed this church up in Seattle, Eastlake Church, um, and I just, Lisa, you have been so helpful in my transformation, along with Ryan and Michelle and every, whatever you guys were doing up there. In um, me being able to feel supported in breaking down belief systems and stepping out of something that began to feel very suffocating for me. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that you're here to tell us your story and really honored to be your friend. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate being here with you and having this time to finally talk and chat about all of that. And, you know, it is cool to hear that what I've been through and gone through and my falling apart and healing and all of that is helpful for people seeing that because for me, it was like, like a, a falling apart, you know, just everything falling apart. And so in the middle of that, as I'm processing it and writing about it, you know, I have no idea what's going on in it, you know? Yeah. And so to have, have people like you pop up and encourage along the way has been such a beautiful, a beautiful part, a beautiful gift in, in this, you know, when, when you're losing so much, um, in deconstruction and, and in family deconstruction and role yeah. and identity deconstruction, you know, it like starts as one thing and then you can't help, but just question everything. And so in the middle of that, it's really, really hard. And my writing and what I was putting up on social media and stuff like that was me processing that. And it was such a gift to find these little pockets of people that were going through the same thing around the same time, you know? So I'm yeah. very appreciative of you, <laughs> you know, in the middle of all of that. <laughs> yeah. It just takes, you know, just another person to be like, Oh gosh, think, Oh my God, they're going through the same thing. This is incredible. I'm yeah. not the only one that's losing yeah. her shit, you know? Yeah, um, totally. Mm-hmm. And then coming out on the other side with such free, I mean, there's always struggle. It's, it's intense to be human, but it's just, oh, it's just so much more liberating to, to know that we don't have to be stuck in these restrictions. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so tell us everything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I was, I was thinking about this and just, you know, it's always nice to start at the beginning, you know, because I feel like for me, um, I don't, I don't know if everyone is like this, but I know that for my particular story, <clears throat> my childhood is a really big part of it. It's a foundational part of it. And I know that that is true to some degree for all people, you know, but um, if you believe in karma or, you know, coming to this world for a certain reason or certain lessons, I know that family yeah. life is a big one for me you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was, um, born to, um, an American dad 
and a South Korean mom. They met in the army. Um, my dad was enlisted in the army and then met her in South Korea. And she came back, you know, through a lot of different stories and it took a lot of years, but she came back to America with my dad and um, had me. And two years into my life, she was, um, diagnosed with schizophrenia. And so mm. that was a big foundational part of my relationship with her. Um, that started almost at the beginning, you know? So I think that the transition over to America was really hard for her. And then to be diagnosed with schizophrenia, which I think was not very well understood at the time. Yeah. And, um, and then when I was a little older, she was um, diagnosed with bone cancer. And so, which she died from when I was about seven years old. So I feel like the trauma started really intensely and really early for me, yeah. you know, to, to lose um, a parent that young. And then, and, and my only experiences with her were um, tragic, you know, and so, and then um, after she died, my dad remarried within a year to a woman who was also grieving the loss of her husband. And so I think that they were bonded by that trauma that they had experienced. And the five years in that marriage was just really hellish. So it, it's like my mom passed away and life just didn't get any better. It got much worse after that. There was a lot of physical abuse, emotional abuse, a lot of manipulation. And, um, and then I was also sexually abused during that time by a family member. And so that part was just really, really intense too. And um, I felt in the middle a lot in that relationship between my dad and my stepmom, you know, and so that was, that was really difficult. And I remember when they finally just said that they were going to get divorced the relief that came in that knowing that I could just be with my dad and my brother now and um <clears throat> so I think within the next year after they got divorced my dad remarried another time to the woman who is my my mom now so my second stepmom mm -hmm. and things definitely like evened out a little more there wasn't as much chaos, uncertainty, instability in that. She was a really, she's a really healthy woman, you know? And um, so she was a gift. She was a gift to our family after a lot of, a lot of chaos and, yeah. and a lot of loss. And I think that it's the, what, what am I trying to say? The, the lessons just kind of keep unfolding. You know, I, yeah. I started therapy five years ago to deal with all of that stuff. It was stuff that I thought it just kind of like followed me along my whole young adult life, my whole yeah. teenage life into my young adult life. There was just this weight of the story of my childhood, you know, yeah. and things that I, I never got counseling or therapy when it was happening. And it always felt like it was just kind of chasing me, like it was never going to let me go. And about um, five years ago, that was um, when I first started 
going to therapy and it was also it five years ago was just just a major explosion in my life <laughs> where it's kind of like I spent a lot of my young adult years just trying so hard to be normal trying so hard to outrun this thing that was chasing me you know this big dark cloud that was chasing me and um <clears throat> I did a lot of that in church you know you talked about how you kind of met me through East Lake and East Lake five years ago was also when we um came out with our open and affirming statement of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. that exploded our church which exploded a lot of things so it's like I can't quite remember what was the first event that started <laughs> this this healing experience for me if it was therapy you know like finally finding the, a place where I felt safe enough to kind of open up to some of these wounds Mm -hmm. or was it the explosion in the church that happened that that opened up these these wounds in my family because now I was disagreeing with my family a lot on a lot of issues a lot of core issues that had kind of um, molded us together as a family unit you know like having all of that trauma as a child and as a small family unit between me, my dad, and my brother, and then having this big thing happen where now we're not believing the same things anymore and the cracks that that creates in a family, you know? So it's like hard to know what started. Yeah, what started the whole thing that crumbled everything, you know? But it was about five years ago that that, that, that happened. And, um, so, so the church, I've, I mean, would you say, cause I feel like, I mean, some people don't know about East Lake church, but it's a, um, first of all, I want to say, I feel a lot of us don't go to therapy and just kind of keep on trucking and, and just hide under this religion of, well, it's okay. Cause God's okay. So I'm just not, I'm not going to touch anything, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. then secondly, for those that are listening to this, I mean, I'm sure you've heard me talk about East Church, but it is, I think most of the friends or the people that you worked with were open to therapy and healing and counseling. So you had that yeah. opportunity that not a lot of people that are in churches have. So that yeah, said, and you know. Yeah, totally. That I mean, that's such a good point because that's probably that probably is what kind of opened up the idea that I could start doing this work in the first place was finding a finding a community like East Lake. Um, we had already been there five years. I think we moved to Washington in like around 2010 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so already, I had already spent five years in this community where we were talking about next steps and practical things and, you know, how to become a good human, you know, how to, how to be kind and compassionate and kind to yourself and kind to our neighbors. And, you know, it was like, a, it was a different kind of church than I'd ever been to before. Yeah, yeah. And a church that was definitely open to, you know, um, taking care of yourself and going to therapy and normalizing therapy. Like not, yes. you don't need to go to therapy because you're fucked up. You know, you, <laughs> you go to therapy because we all need support and being a human is really, really hard yeah. and being unconscious and aware of all the things that we're conscious and aware of you know, us as animals, it's like a lot to know. It's a lot to know that we die. And it's a lot to know that, 
you know, every, every aware, new awareness that we have shakes us, you know? And so we just need support yeah. that from yeah. people that are kind to us and people that will listen to us, you know? And so that was a, that was definitely a big part is just being a part of a community that was open to this. And, and it, and it started with, um, I don't know if you've ever had anyone on here that talked about the Hoffman process. Um, well, I have, but I don't know. You have. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a, that was a big thing. Ryan and Michelle went off to Hoffman in, I think at the, um, end of 2014 or 15 or something like that, 2015. And, um, when they came back and they talked about what Hoffman was all about, you know, these patterns of behavior and coping mechanisms that we learn and adapt because of what we learned as a kid, you know, as our perspective. Yeah. It's really, you know, just hearing them talk about it. I was like, I was sitting on their couch and listening to them talk about their experience. And I was like, I just started crying, just started bawling because Mm. I felt like, oh man, this might be my answer. Like yeah. this might be the, this might be my ticket out because I just started going to therapy, monthly therapy right before they came back. And it was a lot for me. Like it was a lot to go and talk to someone about things that I had held in my body for 33, 34 years and really traumatic things too. You know, yeah. like that I kind of gave a general summary of what my childhood was, but it's like every day of that stuff you know every day it's a lot it's a lot new experiences within those within that general story that I told you know it's Mm -hmm. like every single day waking up to not knowing what was going to happen and if I was going to be safe or not and who was going to want what from me and was I going to be able to give it to them was I going to be able to belong was I going to be able to be loved all those things you know And you hold that inside of yourself for so long and just try and keep it together. And then sitting on their couch and feeling that first, that first feeling of hope that, oh man, I might be able to figure some stuff out about myself here. You know, I might have a ticket out of here. And And it got so much worse after that, <laughs> you know, because like, no, went- no, no. Like after just no- knowing that, okay, I need to go to Hoffman because okay. going to therapy was a lot for me to, to open up those wounds and then feel like I had to like shut them back down and go make dinner for the girls and be around my family and then yeah, wait the it out until, yeah, totally wait it out till the next therapy session. You know, so it's like, I feel for people that are dedicated to doing this because it's a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and then, then leading up to Hoffman, you do all of the, the pre-work stuff. And so you really go into some of the stories before you get to like, before you get to heal it, you know, you really have to open it up and be with all of those feelings leading up to it. So it got really hard for a while. And it was, that was probably one of my darkest times, I think. Um, because yeah, for like those, I, Sorry, for, for yeah, those that don't know what Hoffman process is, it's an amazing seven-day process of, you know, this therapy and these amazing teachers that walk you through realizing and owning and feeling what happened in your childhood that you haven't really wanted to see or feel or own because of the fear of being bad, a bad kid to your parents or your grandparents or whoever raised you or just because you don't want to see it. So the pre-work 
that Lisa is mentioning, because I got that pre-work too, like three weeks in yeah. advance, you're, 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 you're asked like, okay, what do you think you learned to be, to hide or to be a victim or, or to do this pattern to survive or that pattern? Mm-hmm. So you have to look at everything that you had to do growing up to not upset your mom and dad or to not upset your grandma or to, to not be seen because of this or how to be seen because of that. And there's so many things that for me, I hadn't really I hadn't yeah. really noticed. I was losing my shit just even before I got the hospital. It, it's so much. Yeah, because there's stuff that you kind of know. You're like, yeah, I'm kind of fucked up because of this, 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 and this, <laughs> you know? And then and then there's all these other things that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, and I'm doing that. I'm totally doing that. And this is kind of, you, you start to see what they're going to work with you mm-hmm. about, you know? Yeah. But at the yeah, at the same time that that was happening, that I was, that it was, um, it, so this was after the inclusion affirmation statement that we had made earlier that year. And so okay. what, what was leading up to me going to therapy was my, I was losing my family, um, my first family. So my dad and my brother and my mom, um, we were having all of these conversations about church about why I was sticking around, why I was standing up for this, you know, why it was important to me. And they just couldn't understand, you know, they were having a different experience than I was. And it was, it was exposing some of the dysfunction in our family, you know, and so it was hard because I think for, for my dad and my brother, and, and my mom, I feel like my mom did a really good job of trying to understand me and, and wanting to keep the relationship no matter what, you know, but I think for my dad and my brother, because we were so bonded by the trauma that we had experienced with each other, mm-hmm. this foundational part of our relationship, our faith, our, our Christian faith, um, it was almost like it was a mirror of our relationship or something like it was just very closely tied. And so when I started pulling away from that, it felt like um, it was like it was cracking the foundations of our family at the same time, too. So me stepping out from the pack was was doing something more for us than it might do for some families. I don't really know, you know? So it was like, I was deconstructing in my Christian faith, you know, what I had grown up and believed and then seeing what that really looked like in the real world, you know, because now at that time I have gay friends and I think they're beautiful and I think their love is beautiful, but the Bible says certain things, you know, and, and trying to reconcile all of that at the same time that I'm losing this, really foundational relationship with my family too. And we're having really, really tough conversations and and particularly me and my dad. Was it because of the beliefs? Was that like the main? Yeah. I feel like that was the topical. That was like the top of the, the top layer Mm -hmm. at least. And, but I think for my dad, it felt like it was the thing, you know, that, you know, just the way. Yeah. When you grow up being a Christian and, and, the Bible is infallible. It's, it's so weird because I haven't talked about this in so long, you know, like it feels like it was lifetimes ago that mm-hmm. we were having these conversations because <laughs> yeah. so much has changed since then. But like these conversations were really hard because my dad wanted to talk about 
why and how and you know and how can you believe that if the Bible says this? And what I was trying to do is I'm like, how do we stay in relationship with each other if we disagree with each other? Because I've seen too much now. I can't go back to that. It's impossible. My brain will not do it. I don't believe those things anymore, you know? And so if that's true, how do we stay in relationship with each other? And I think that that is too personal that was too personal for my dad to see that it was actually about our relationship and how dysfunctional our relationship was. So it was much easier to keep it at this kind of like more heady place about being right and wrong about something, you know? Yeah. It's like a protective layer. no? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because he and I talking about us disagreeing with each other was way too much because I think because of the trauma we'd experienced, we become we became enmeshed with each other. We became one person, and it's it's kind of hard because like um, it it's just it's it's just really hard. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's really it's really really hard. And and those those were really I think I was saying you know this is a really dark dark time for me. Mm. I was very very depressed leading up to Hoffman and mm. having all of these wounds exposed that I tried my whole life to cover up. You know, mm. and for me and my dad in particular, it's just um, I think because it was my mom, and I'm the firstborn daughter, you know, I, I filled a role that was not appropriate for me to fill emotionally with my dad, you know, like I became the surrogate spouse and knew too much for a little, a little girl to know, you know, it was just like, it it was a lot, you know, in that year, but right before Hoffman, I took a long break from talking to my dad so that I just knew that it was important. I knew that this was like my chance. If I was going to, if I was going to make it out of all of this stuff, like this, this was my chance to do it. And I couldn't do it while I was protecting him from my feelings. And, and we had spent a whole year by that time trying to be in a relationship with each other, you know, and we were just, just too far, too far apart, I think to do it. And so I, I went to Hoffman and I dealt with a lot of stuff and, and, um, got a lot of relief let go of a lot, a lot of things, a lot of things from my story of my childhood, you know, and felt really, really empowered doing all of that work. And then when I came back, um, it was like this new level of awareness of the dysfunction in my family, you know, in my really, in my relationship to him and to, and to my brother, it was really us three that had a really, really hard time. And, um, it was almost like Hoffman, I felt like was going to be the answer. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's going to cure all these things that I'm like messed up about, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, what it really did was it gave me so many tools to really start the journey. Yeah. You know, you like, you let go of some of the things in Hoffman and then you walk, you walk away with like some awareness now about the, the things. And now you get to choose what you want to do with your life. Now that, like now that that you know, I feel like it opens up a kind of worms. Yeah, you, you kind of knew, but it normalizes that it's okay to feel like this. Yeah, you, you do all this intense work, but then you come home and it's like, okay, well, 
let's go pick up the tools yeah 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 now now you know what do you want to do what do you want to do about Mm -hmm. it and for me um it's I had to make I had to make a choice between me caring for myself and the relationship with my dad and so now it's been like maybe four years that we haven't talked to each other because of this stuff and Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting talking about it right now because I feel like this year has been extremely triggering, (laughs) you know, like with, with all the stuff going on, um, it would be so nice to have a family around to, to feel, or I have a family, you know, I I think that was the, that was the choice that I made uh, quite a few years ago. Yeah. That I created my own family that I felt safe in, you know, that I felt supported in, that I felt encouraged in, in exactly who I am today, you know, not who I was when I was 17 and trying to hold on to that picture of who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I have this family now, my husband, who has been an amazing support this whole, through this whole journey and my two little girls. And then the friends, you know, the family that you make, you know? Um, but this, this year has been really interesting because I've been, I've been noticing that a lot of, um, old, old things are getting kind of like brought to the surface with the pandemic, you know, being forced into our homes, Mm -hmm. you know, and not, I don't know, there's just something about it that, it's almost like the little kid in me that I've, I've learned really well how to take care of her, you know, but she's just been scared this year, like yeah. really, really scared with all of the, I think it's the chaos, the instability, you know, this, this administration that we've been under chaos, instability, those are all like triggering things for me. And kind of like what I had talked about earlier, it's just like, I think this is part of my, why I'm here. If, if there is a thing for that I'm supposed to be here to learn about. It's um, individualizing and coming out from my family unit and belonging and feeling safe in that and learning how to give myself those things to me, you know, giving that that stability, that um, love, that you know, yeah. the trust, yeah, all, all of that, so all of the things that I didn't get growing up, learning how to, to find that in myself, whether that's like just me or, you know, creating the community around me that I feel safe in, that I feel supported in, the family, you know, so it has been an interesting year because there's been an- another level of awakening, I feel like, that's been happening for me in this time mm-hmm. yeah for so many of us it's like a forced sitting with yeah inside and you know it's like this pressure of what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen and you can't really run away not yeah. as much as we used to anyway yeah but um but yeah i hear you on the awakening like another level of awakening yeah and and i've been thinking this week too a lot about grief too you know um, we grieve when we, when we lose loved ones, you know, when they're just no longer physically here. And then 
this week, for some reason, I, I think that the election, you know, it's a little, <laughs> it's a lot to handle, you know, and um, just another level of, of what what has it been this week? Just like grieving, you know, when we lose relationships, like when we, you, you see that it just is not working anymore and you had so many hopes and dreams about that you know and so we grieve like it's I think for me it's been another level of grieving that I don't have a safe place in my first family you know and and how this thing kind of comes in waves like you think that I thought that I've been fine and I have been you know I have been fine but this this week there was another level of um almost like panic that came over me. And it's so, it's so interesting to talk about this stuff as a holistic life coach, you know, Mm -hmm. that I'm still so fucking human (laughs) all the time. Like all the time I am learning more things about what it is to be human and to be messy and to, to sit with, with grief and not feel like I need to like fix it right away, which has been a big pattern of mine is wanting to like if it feels uncomfortable, fix it right away, right away, fix it. You know, don't, don't sit in it. Don't feel it. It's too hard. You know, all of that stuff. And, um, this year, like you said, it's just been a matter of like really sitting in it, really sitting in what it is to be human. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) One of my friends was literally crying her outside yesterday. She's a yoga teacher and she's like, I haven't eaten in three days. I haven't slept mm-hmm. in three days. This election, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at her, and I'm like, you know, I feel like we're projecting our fears onto this election because no matter who wins, yeah, there'll be racist people, and we will yeah. still be loving people, and yeah. it's, we are the change. And I, I so like related to like the religion. You, you give all the power to the priest, or yeah, the monk yeah, or whatever. And then if it's a good man, it's a good priest. You're like, what? We yeah. own. I mean, I understand there needs to be policy change and whatever, but it's so big. It doesn't mm-hmm. start with us. And giving that like three days of not sleeping, three days of not eating. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And and it's been interesting, too, to see because over these last five years, I've just seen so many cycles of this feeling really great and powerful and strong and then feeling very weak and, you know, and really human. That's what I call it is just like, we're not robots. We're not machines. We're not going to be at this like high level all the time. There's this cycle that happens. And so as I was experiencing it this week in particular, I I found myself kind of like going down to the bottom. And the, the other thing that's happening is my mom is coming out to visit next week. And so there's oh, another level. Of, yeah. And <laughs> I, the thing that happened was I, I was uh, getting the house, the Airbnb that we're going to be staying in. And there was enough room for my whole family to come, but I haven't talked to my brother and my dad in years, you know? Yeah. And I all of a sudden had this panic of, I need to invite them. I need to bring them out here and fix it and all this stuff. And I had a panic attack on Tuesday, like on election, on election day. And so I think it was a bunch of stuff triggering it. But um, what I did this time though, is like, instead of like a couple years ago, I would have just sent the text and said, you know, 
I want you guys to come out. Let's talk about this stuff. Let's, you know, let's do, let's do all this stuff. You know, let's fix it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to try and fix it. And what I did that morning is I just sat with it and I cried my eyes out and mm -hmm. I thought about, you know, I could send that text. I could send that text. Maybe I need to send that text. And, but there was this other part of me, this awareness that was sitting higher than, than what was going on in my body. Yeah. That was like, Lisa, just sit with it for a minute. Like, let yourself do all this stuff, feel all of these things, you know, feel, feel the panic, feel the sadness, feel the loneliness, feel the grief that, and as soon as I heard that word grief in my awareness, I was like, oh, okay. So there might not be anything to do right now other than <clears throat> other than let this roll through me right now. Let's see what I feel like in a couple hours. You know, don't make any decisions in the middle of this. But <clears throat> I think I've just seen that cycle so many times that there's a part of me that sits ab above it as I'm in it that reminds me that there's going to be something on the other side of this, you know, like that we have we have these new awarenesses that come about, uh, about the way we want our lives to be, why we do what we do. And then there's our body that has to feel all of this stuff too, you know? So I feel like our body goes through these cycles of fully understanding where we are consciously. And then it also has to feel the pain and that it's not quite ready to move ahead yet. You know, it's like not quite ready to be okay with that I don't, I don't have my family with me, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm still sad about that. Oh my God. I didn't know I was still sad about that. I thought I was fine, you know? Mm -hmm. And instead of like beating ourselves up about it for feeling sad or feeling anxious about what's going on, you know, sitting with that feeling, being really kind to it, you know, and not feeling like we need to like, push past it really quick. We should be in a better place than this. Lisa, you're a life coach, you know, yeah. like all, all of those things. Mm -hmm. It's like, Lisa, you are very, very human, you know? And so I feel like this year has been and this week in a really concentrated form. <laughs> and, and I, I'm sure that I'm not alone in this, you know, that it's like going through another one of the or many of those cycles of being okay and, and then not being okay, you know? And it's so good that you mentioned that because it's like embracing that not okayness, normalizing it is so mm -hmm. necessary, mm -hmm. um, especially in this hustle culture, like, come on, get your shit together. Let's go. Let's go. You already did therapy. Didn't you already go to Hoffman? Didn't you already? Yeah. Because I get yeah. a lot of that from, from some of my friends and family, like, well, mm. Didn't you do Hoffman? Didn't you go to this retreat? Didn't you? Yeah, didn't you get fixed already? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not fixed. Maybe I'm just yeah. aware of my non-fixedness more than others, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah. And that maybe this is just like what, like, if we're really paying attention that this is just what it is to be human, you yeah. know, like if we're, and that's the other thing too, is I, I've just learned to be just really slow with myself because I thought Back in the, back in like 2015, when the fir first things were starting to happen with me and my family, and I was first started taking breaks of the, putting those boundaries around me, like, I, okay, I'm not doing well, I can't talk to you right now, you know, and taking those talking breaks from, from my family. I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself a week. And then a week would come by. And I'm like, oh my God, I still feel 
horrible about this. I'm going to give myself two more weeks. I will be able to figure this out in two weeks. And then two weeks turned into two months. And what I've just realized is that this stuff takes a long time. It's been in my body for a long, 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 long mm -hmm. time. Almost my whole life. I've been living a certain way and my awareness about it has only come up in the last few years. So I'm like a little baby right now. Yeah. And, and I, and I also think that even my person, just learning about my personality and what I enjoy and the, and the cadence of life that is most beneficial for me is really slow. I don't, I don't fit in well in the, in this fast paced world, you know? Yeah. And, um, and becoming okay with the way that I operate in the world has been massive. It's like that, that individuating that I was talking about, you know, becoming the human and the, ex or the expression of this human form that I am and being okay with it and not needing to compare it to anyone else, not needing to be successful in the way that the world sees success, you know, and just allowing myself to be as slow as what feels good to me, you know, and, and letting that be okay and letting my healing be slow and letting it be up and down and all around and a little windy. I'm giving myself that, you know, I'm allowing myself to be in that. And the, I notice that the more that I do that, the more allowance and grace that I give myself is funny, but it's the, the quicker I move through things. So like the example that I gave this week, about just kind of like losing my shit over my family five years ago, that would have knocked me out for a solid three months. Yeah. I, and I'm like, I'm serious. Like if solid three months, I would be depressed about that. Mm. And that, and it, and it moved through me in a couple of hours. And then I was a little exhausted and fatigued the rest of the day and just took it, took it easy. And like, wow, that was a lot, Lisa, <laughs> you know, yeah. like take your time today be easy with yourself today. No, no harsh talk yeah. on your, on yourself, you know, and, but it moved through me in a couple of hours versus three months. So it's like, I feel like the more that we can allow ourselves to be exactly where we are right in this moment, it's actually the more efficient our life becomes, I think. So, you know, and that's, I consider that resilience, right? We're expanding yeah. in our resilience. So mm -hmm. could you tell, um, like someone who's listening to this be, during those five years, besides Hoffman, what other experiences or practices have helped you to grow into this resilience and to allow? Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, the first thing that popped into my head was <clears throat> this gratitude to, of, of walking out of Christianity. And I don't, I don't think that anyone needs to do this, you know, I but do. I've, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like I do. You know, I, I actually I have no idea what anyone what anyone else's path is supposed to look like. You know, so that's that's what I mean, really. But I'm grateful for myself that I I got to do that because then I found things like the Tao, which are way more in alignment with who I am and and my expression. So the the Tao Te Ching. Um, is this really beautiful scripture or book that is full of poetry about, um, about the illusion of control. So I felt like it helped me teach, it helped teach me that, um, flowing like water in this world, instead of feeling like, I felt like 
at least my upbringing in Christianity, it was very black and white and rigid. And so the idea of flowing with mm. life instead of having to be this mountain up against it all the time just ah. suited me so much better. Um, what else is that? Uh, letting go, detachment, you know, uh, letting go of letting go of control was a really, really big one. And I think that that's yeah. because of my, my upbringing, you know, being a, a kid in the middle of chaos, when you become an adult, you're like, I want to fucking control things. You know, yes. I didn't yeah. get to do that when I was a kid. And then you start to see, Oh my God, I still can't control anything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, but I think <laughs> the Dow, the Dow was a huge part of it's a huge part of the way that I live my life now. And I don't even read it anymore, but it was, um, it was just, now. yeah, it's just in me now that this way, this way of living. Um, what else did I do? Um, I also like started opening up to energy, you know, energy work, yeah. working with energy healers, which I would have never been able to do if I didn't step out of my old form of Christianity, mm -hmm. you know? And so just learning about what my energy feels like. When I, so when I do something and, and checking in with my intuition and my gut, you know, about a decision that I'm going to make. And it's actually what I, I work with a lot of my clients, my um, life coaching clients is around this, is around checking in with yourself, um, checking in with your energy before and after you do something, yeah. you know, like before you make a decision about something and start small, you know, it's like, I think for women, I work with a lot of women. So um, they, a lot of women don't grow up taking up space, you know, yeah. of having, having their, their foot, their, their print in their life that they make room for everyone else except for themselves, you know? And yeah. so I feel like learning about energy and how you feel when you do certain things really informs um, making good and caring choices about yourself. And it, and it informs um, wow. creating the life that you want, that you're actually happy in, you know? And so I work a lot with people, with women, you know, just, and I do it in small, we do it in small steps, you know, just, just, breathing a little bit bigger, you know, like taking up a little bit more space and a little bit more space until you get comfortable there. And then a little more space until you, you actually are creating a life in which you belong in it, you know, yeah. in which you can breathe and you have ease. So, um, oh, that's it, so empowering. I'm just sitting here smiling. Like that's so beautiful. Yeah, I, I love it. It's like my favorite, it's my favorite thing to do and talk about with women. And, and I feel like, because I've been doing that and it started with such small things. I feel like the way that I approach it is like, this is attainable for yeah. anyone and you can take as much time as you want. There's no pressure yeah. for it. You know, this is just going to make your life easier. It's going to make your life better, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think that's all about energy. It's all about energy. And um, so yes. energy, you were doing like Reiki or energy work or. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's cool that you brought that up because that was one of the things, you know, after Hoffman, after therapy, I'm like, okay, how, what do I want to do now? I figured out that I have, um, 
I can make choices about my life, actually. I'm not a victim of my life. I actually choose everything and I'm responsible for my life, you know? So what do I want to do? And one of the first things I did was I did a weekend Reiki workshop with some of my girlfriends and I wasn't even that interested in it. It was just like, um, I get to be away for the weekend, no kids, (laughs) you know, and get to hang out with my friends in a hotel. Yeah, let's do it. But learning about energy there with Reiki, and there were a couple of people, um, I learned Reiki from this gal, Marie Manu Cherry, who um, is an energy intuitive that works in Bothell. I did her Reiki course, and then a year later, I was like working for her, which is which was kind of crazy. Wow, yeah. And then um, I did a 200-hour yoga teacher training that the, um, I think the next year or something like that. And then I went and did Alan Cohen's life coaching training um, to become a life coach. And so I felt like once I started realizing that I have um, some, some authority in my life, yeah. you know, like I can't control, I can't control things, but I can make choices about mm-hmm. things. And then it's just led me to, to where I am today, where I I worked as an administrative assistant since I was 20 years old, up until about a year and a half ago. And um, I thought that it was the only thing that I could do. You know, I I found my thing. I feel safe and secure here. There's always someone who's taking care of me, you know, and I'm behind the scenes and I felt very comfortable there until until I didn't feel comfortable there anymore, you know? And so that was the, that was kind of the path was the Reiki yoga life coaching. And then, and now we'll see kind of what's next, but you know, and then the other thing that was major, I can't believe I didn't almost talk about this, but was writing, writing during all of that time and journaling. And um, it was kind of like my safe place to process what was going on. And, and sharing stuff on social media. Yeah, using... I love reading your poems and your writing. It's oh, beautiful. man. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I started my blog, um, I think, like a little bit after Hoffman. And that was a big deal for me because I kind of grew up trying really, really hard not to be anything special, you know, mm. not to have any kind of attention put on me. I just wanted to be a part of the environment and not add to any of the chaos. So just like a really pleasant little girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, when I started my blog, I started it right after the Women's March and it was the first protest that I'd ever gone to. And I got a lot of shit for it too, you know, mm-hmm. and writing about it. And then it just kind of that, you know, speaking out on social media was, was kind of my first thing into like, hey, I've got an opinion and I'm going to like tell people about it and I'm going to be in trouble and I'm going to be different. And it was my first time of doing that. And writing has turned into something really, really special, really special for me. And I'm hoping that um, over this next little bit of time, I, I'm going to try to compile my poetry and maybe like put out a book or something. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. that's that's kind of the hope anyways right now. Yeah. I'll buy your book. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and so you told me a little bit earlier, tell us if you want to, mm-hmm. about this new adventure in Costa Rica. 
Yeah. So, you know, earlier I was talking about just my cadence in life being slow. I don't Mm -hmm. really fit in this like fast paced world. And I think that this is a part of that. Um, Just taking some time to step out of what I've been in my whole life in America. And um, it was a dream that was like just birthed in David and I like only a few months ago. And we like we sat with it for about a month and then we sold everything that we owned other than our car and what and our clothes that could fit in our car and Mm -hmm. um sublet our house in Bothell and and said goodbye to a lot of really really amazing friends just temporarily you know but um and then drove to Iowa to hang out with Dave's family while we um, save some money and find a place that we're going to live in Costa Rica for like three to six months or so right. and just kind of shake it up. You know, it just feels yes. like it was a good time. The girls were already out of school and um, they're doing school virtually, you know, so it was the perfect time to do it. And I've just been feeling like I really want to write in a, in a place where I can be slow and we're not trying to like push, push, push to make money for a house that's too expensive for us. And, you know, all, all of the, all All of the the American, yeah. Yeah. yeah, All of the like American ways of living and just slow way down, slow way down and see what comes out of that space. That we oh, that can create for so ourselves. So juicy and amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's I love that word, and that's <laughs> that's what I'm really hoping this next little bit is just really juicy for us. You know, because yeah. we've been in um, some form of ministry since we were married, which was yeah. 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just kind of I'm just really excited to see what art comes out of this next phase in our life. And my husband, David, is a is an amazing writer and musician. And oh, so, yes, yes. yeah, to see what what comes out <clears throat> of this time and, you know, what we get to do with our clients as we're, you know, doing what we tell them to do, exactly. you know, like dream your life, dream your life, choose it. What do you want to do? What do you want to choose here? You know? So I'm excited to take my clients on the adventure with me and, you know, see what unfolds. And what you're modeling to your children, the possibilities of healing, of sticking it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What do they think about moving to Costa Rica? You know, they're, um, they're very excited about it. And they, of course, miss miss their friends and this year's been hard on them too you know I think that they miss what what felt like normal life you know but um we're planning on having a blast in Costa Rica (laughs) and so they they're pretty stoked to to be able to experience that and so we're sharing all of these little dreams with them too so whenever we find a house that we're like oh my gosh could you imagine if we lived in this house and being by the beach and a pool and all of that stuff I think is very exciting them that's so cool thank you so much for like honestly sharing um with me with us here and for inspiring because Mm -hmm. I mean just this I really admire the softness that you share with um I tend to be a lot more like I mean I'm learning (laughs) to be soft and slow and some of it I'm learning it from you to be honest Um, but in the same way I had I really had to fight for my voice so I'm learning yeah. a little bit. 
it can be soft. So the way you present like your poetry, your beauty, what you write, the mm. the slowness about it is really it's very inviting, Lisa. Oh very thank welcoming. You. I consider it super sacred. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. I, I appreciate that's what I that's what I hope for, honestly. Yeah. And 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 why <clears throat> I dream of that. having it in a book, I think, is because what I want it to feel like is like you and me sitting down on a couch and whispering sweet nothings to you you know like that's what that's what I want it to feel like Mm -hmm. and um I also wanted to say we need some like fucking fierce and strong powerful and and I I believe on those (laughs) things too you know but we need some people up in people's faces too you know so that's what I appreciate um I know we don't know each other like super super well but like your punk rock way of being in this world I think is like magnificent and very inspiring so and I feel like you show up in a very authentic and powerful way oh thank you (laughs) yeah (laughs) so tell us where if somebody wants to I mean I put it on the list here but if somebody wants to work with you and I know you and your husband are um, I mean, you have a podcast on and, on and off, I think. But yeah. Like, tell us we, all about that. Yeah, we're going to start it back up in Costa Rica. It's been a wild ride. So I'm excited to share with people what this particular dream has been like this year. And so we'll get to do that um, once we get settled there, which might be in about a month or so, we're, we're thinking. So, um, and we might do a little revamp of it. We started it uh, at the very beginning of quarantine you know, which was very, it, we figured out that we love doing it. So we definitely want to bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, we had, we, we just took a little hiatus from it because we had to do some, some internal like work <laughs> this year <laughs> for sure. And, and even in our relationship and stuff too. So I'm excited to share that with people once we get settled. But um, yeah, that you can find um, if you want to work with me in coaching, I would absolutely love it. It's um, you or people can go to lisalunsford.com. And then I'm also most active on Instagram. So and my um, username there is at Lisa Lunny, L-I-S-A-L-U-N-N-Y. And that's where I post a lot of my my poetry and thoughts and pictures and all of that kind of stuff. Wonderful. I'll write that here on the, on the um, information when I post the podcast as well. Awesome. Um, Well, thank you. I hope I can maybe come visit you in Costa Rica soon. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That would be a blast. I would love that. Yeah. I I was just in this retreat in Tulum where like two or three people did that same thing they they sold everything and they're living in costa rica and they love it yeah um and it's we have another friend here down the street who also has been saving up for two years they bought a piece of land they're leaving in june with the kids wow crazy mm-hmm. so Fun. It's, it's it's beautiful to see this movement of people waking up and slowing down and dreaming it up so yeah y'all yeah. need some help in that call lisa there we go i love it thank you so much for having me oh thank you this has been great should come up here pretty soon um well thank you everyone for hopping on here and for listening may i always i always my hope is always that this podcast helps healing and awakening may we continue to just be softer on ourselves this is an intense human experience 
that this may allow normal, like make this normal. It's normal. It's normal to ha that it's hard. And so if this has at least gone through again here with Lisa's story, then, uh, then everything's, everything's juicy and well. <laughs> so we'll see you everybody. Take it easy. And we'll see you next time.